Hey everyone, welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So today you'll be hearing from Brad Yates, who is a leading EFT expert and is the first one to have ever introduced me to this topic when I started watching him on YouTube almost 10 years ago. I mean, if you search EFT on YouTube, I can almost assure you that Brad's going to be the first one to pop up. He's a wonderful leader in this realm. And for those of you who don't know, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's an energetic treatment for emotional distress and sometimes physical pain as well. It's also referred to as tapping or psychological acupressure. I usually refer to it as tapping. And this technique helps to create balance in our energy system, and it draws on neurological programming and overall energy medicine. And you can even compare it to acupuncture, since we're using our fingertips to target similar meridians on the face and the upper body. And a little bit more about Brad. He is internationally known for his creative use of EFT, and he's also very funny. So I definitely recommend after you guys listen to this episode that you look him up on YouTube and do a couple sessions with him because he's so fun. Um, He's also trained and certified in hypnosis, and for several years he taught an EFT class that helped students overcome addiction. And he's also been a presenter at a number of international psychology events. Brad is also an author of a best-selling children's book called The Wizard's Wish, and he's a co-author of Freedom at Your Fingertips. And Brad has really, truly helped me to raise my own vibration and step into my power more and more fully. And I'm so excited for you to hear him talk about his own personal journey with energetic healing. And you'll even hear us go through a tapping session together, which you can, of course, follow along with. So let's get into it. Thanks for listening, guys. I want to thank you so much for making the time to, to talk with me today. And, you know, I first found you like five or six years ago, and you were one of the first people to be really instrumental in, for lack of a better term, kind of a consciousness shift within me, um, kind of changing the perception that I was creating my own reality more than it happening to me um, and being kind of victimized by circumstance. So um, I just love that about you, and I'm I'm so grateful that you're you're here. Um, oh, my so, pleasure. Yeah. Um, the first thing I, I love to ask people is, how do you start your day? Like, do you have any rituals that you begin your day with? I know it's going to sound really shocking, but one of the first things I do in the morning is tap. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I, I get up, and it's not that you know folks often have the idea that tapping is just for clearing out uncomfortable feelings. And that's what it's, you know, generally designed for. But uh, for me, it's just sort of a matter of clearing out any stuff that might be blocked. It's kind of like, you know, rubbing the sleep out of your eyes when you first wake up. So I'm just kind of tapping the sleep out of my system to uh, allow myself to be as open to, uh, to, you know, doing what I can do and being who I can be that day. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of us who might not know, um, can you give us a little explanation of what EFT is? What is tapping? Yeah. So tapping, uh, also known as EFT or emotional freedom techniques, is this process of tapping with our fingertips on certain places, primarily on the face and body. And if you're totally new to this, I understand it might look a little bit strange. So uh, bear with us. Mm -hmm. So tapping is originally based on acupuncture. So for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, they have said there's a flow of energy through the body 
along these pathways called meridians. And when this energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well-being, physically and emotionally. And when the energy gets stuck, we don't feel so good. So in traditional Chinese medicine, the doctor would stick needles in these key points to stimulate that healthy flow of energy. And we're just using our fingertips to uh, stimulate that flow and just get it moving again, allows us to calm down. It clears out stress and other uncomfortable feelings. And it allows us to make better choices and think more clearly. And I, I really like to, to hear people describe you as an energy worker. Um, do you relate to that description of yourself? And, and what does that mean to you to be kind of an energy worker? Uh, it's not something I, I think of, and yet it, it is an accurate uh, term because we are working with energy, the, the energy in our bodies, uh, trying to shift that energy. And ultimately, everything is energy. So, you know, when we can work with that, then uh, we're able to create change in so many areas of our lives, uh, mm-hmm. even at levels that we're not consciously aware of. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fitting description, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And did this just, like, what happened to get you to this point? Did you have something that you were overcoming that, you know, brought you into thinking more deeply about energetic frequencies? Or, or what was that shift for you into energetic work? Well, I was, uh, so I started out as an actor mm-hmm. and uh, traveled the world, went to Hollywood to become a movie star. And while I was there, met a woman, fell in love, got married. And when she was pregnant with our first child, I thought, I should probably have a backup job. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I'd always been fascinated with the power of the mind. So I trained to become a hypnotherapist. So started doing that. And after a couple of years, when our second child was on the way, I realized that as much as I loved acting, doing this personal development work was really my calling. This is really what I was meant to do. And we decided to leave Los Angeles, moved to Northern California, and through some other hypnotherapists, they were talking about tapping and energy work in this energy psychology conference. Mm. I thought, okay, I'm game, I'll go. And took a training with Gary Craig, the founder of EFT, and it was just fascinating. And the moment that, one of the most significant moments in that was when he had us tapping on chocolate cravings, gave everybody a Hershey's kiss, and said, on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you want that chocolate? And I was a bit of a chocoholic at the time. And I'm thinking, oh, eight or nine. <laughs> and, uh, and then we just started tapping on chocolate cravings. And after a few minutes, I, I couldn't eat the chocolate. I had as much interest in the chocolate as the foil wrapper. Uh, just, just couldn't I, And I don't think I ate chocolate for two years after that incident. Wow. So, you know, I'm going, wow, there's, there's something really interesting about this. Mm-hmm. And the whole weekend of going to different workshops and even going to a spoon bending workshop, you know, just dealing with energy and um, the body's energy and things like that really uh, was eye-opening for me. So little by little, I started introducing tapping into my hypnotherapy sessions until little by little, they became tapping sessions with a little bit of hypnosis at the end. Yeah. And it seems like tapping is kind of a form of self-hypnosis or just really getting into the subconscious. Is that accurate? Yeah, they're, they're both different ways of shifting our mindset, shifting our beliefs. You know, we have certain beliefs about things and we feel stuck that way. So hypnosis and tapping are, are just different ways of allowing ourselves to create that opening to change our mind. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about the spoon bending workshop. <laughs> Did anybody have success with it? 
I not I don't think everyone did. I have a I have way over there. I still have a stack of the uh, the silverware because I'd been interested. I mean, when I was a kid, I like had a um, news clippings of Yuri Geller up on my wall and was really fascinated by this. So when they said they were going to have a spoon bending workshop, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But I didn't really have my hopes up. I didn't really expect that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it'd be really interesting if I got to see somebody do it. So the, uh, the facilitator, a woman named Marla Brucker, who later became a good friend of mine, had, had all this silverware laid out and you could grab a couple pieces. And so she took us through some exercises and then said, um, bend, bend. And I had taken this really, uh, this pretty heavyweight fork for the first time and nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't really expect much to happen. And then she went through some other exercise and then said, now pick up another piece of silverware. And this time I took a, um, a, a, a lighter weight utensil, a spoon that was a little bit thinner. But as we were talking about it and we start the process, it just like melted. It, I was not oh. forcing it. It's just like this thing just started to just melt in my hand. And I was like, oh my goodness. And my hands were just totally feeling energized. And I grabbed the original fork that I had not been able to bend before. And I'm just twisting the, the tines into little circles and just looping it around. Uh, my friend, Carol Look, who's a, an EFT master, was we had actually just met that day. Um, and hit it off instant friends. And she had a pile of silverware. And I'm like, I went through all my silverware, started grabbing silverware from her. And I'm just twisting it all around. It's like, whoa. Oh my gosh. That, that must have been wild. Like, cause that's real tangible evidence of your energetic frequency shifting. Thing. Yeah. That there's something going on that we, uh, you know, that is beyond our normal perception. Right. And it's all like intention based, isn't it? Cause it's, is that right? Like, how can we explain the energetics of that? Um, and how does it relate to a change in our bodies and our minds? Well, it's, it's just a great example of what we think ain't necessarily so. So when we think of things as, as solid objects, everything, everything really is energy. And so to be able to do something where we can shift what seems to be, uh, you know, a, a solid object. Then we can start looking and saying, okay, well, what else can I do? If I can, if I can mold metal, I can certainly mold my beliefs. Mm. And if I, you know, a moment ago thought that I couldn't just easily bend this, and this is, this is not sitting here enforcing it. This is like the stuff is just twisting lightly, easily in your hand. Then maybe some of the beliefs about myself aren't necessarily so. You know, things that I, all this time, I've thought, I can do this. I can't do that. I could never do this. Well, okay. <laughs> mm. I didn't think I could bend metal and now I can. Then maybe these beliefs are not, uh, are not so. Yeah. But when we start to challenge, we try to challenge our beliefs, we have a stress response. The, you know, the amygdala in our brain says, oh, this is a threat. You're trying to mess with what we know. And we have a stress response and that stops us usually from moving forward. And that's why we do the tapping is because the tapping calms down the stress response. Mm. So that we can say, no, no, it's okay. It's all right to look at this and take a look at whether or not these beliefs are true mm-hmm. and whether or not we can shift some things here. 
Yeah. Do you think that people get stuck in these painful, you know, repetitions of habits and thinking because they're comfortable with that kind of self-sabotage or, you know, is it, what is that? Why do we get stuck? Well, and we call it the comfort zone, even though it's often very uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and it's great. You mentioned self-sabotage because I, I like to say self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. So, because the mind craves what is comfortable and familiar, you know, when we step out of our comfort zone, it feels really, it it feels like pain to Mm -hmm. to part of us. So we can look at our lives and say, you know, even though it's crap, it's my crap. I know where it goes. I know how to deal with it. I know that I can handle it, not gracefully, but I can handle it. And something new, I'm not sure about. You know, we may, we're very comfortable with wherever our finances are right now. You want to know how, how, you know, what you're comfortable with? Look at how much you have in the bank right now. Because anything more than that, you know, we will say, oh, I want to have a lot more money than this. But part of it says, you wouldn't know how to handle that. You'd you'd have to deal with things that you're not dealing with already. Mm. It's just not worth it. So we sabotage our finances in order to stay in, uh, in what feels comfortable, what feels safe, mm-hmm. uh, with our health, you know, it's like, well, I, I, I feel more comfortable being 20 pounds overweight or whatever it might be. There's part of us that says, this is, this is what's safe for me. Anything other than this will somehow be uncomfortable, will pose some kind of threat to my existence mm-hmm. in, in some way, maybe gravely or maybe just subtly. But part of it says, I'm not going to take any chances. So we're going to make sure that we don't do the things that would, quote unquote, improve our situation. Because even though it sounds like it's an improvement, part of it says, it's just unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. And uh, don't do it. Right. And how do you think um, our landscape is changing? Do you think people are becoming more self-aware and they're working more on this? Are they more receptive to this? Or what are you seeing in the community? Yeah, you know, I, I see some people going one direction and some people go in the other direction. Some people are driving deeper into, uh, you know, I don't want to know, I don't want to hear, I just want to stay stuck in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, so tapping is certainly becoming more, uh, it's becoming more well-known. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was just on the show Jane the Virgin the other day. Oh, really? A TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, thought, oh, that's awesome. So certainly the, the numbers of people who are open to it are growing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of that, there are also a lot of people who are more resistant mm-hmm. because it feels threatening. Especially, yeah. you know, someone you come along and say to somebody, um, here, you need to tap on your face. It's going to look a little strange, but you're going to be able to change your life. It's like, No. No. And so they, there's that resistance to change. And that's when they'll say, Oh, and it looks so stupid. It looks ridiculous. And they'll, they'll ridicule it because that's how they can stay safely in their comfort zone. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can, if I can make fun of this and, and just totally dismiss it, then I get to stay in my quote unquote comfort zone Mm -hmm. and continue to miss out on the life I could have. And it's not because people are bad or stupid. It's not a judgment on people. Everyone's doing the best they can uh, given where they're at, given where their beliefs are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so 
You know, we just keep putting it out there and it may take several times. I've had plenty of people say, I, I tap every day now and I resisted it for years and I made fun of it and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. And now I, I wouldn't not do it. Yeah, exactly. It was also on um, Dr. Oz randomly popped up when I was searching EFT tapping and I was like, wow, that's very mainstream. And they got the audience doing it and they looked, a lot of them looked uncomfortable, but it was like very cool to see it kind of shifting and, and guiding the conversation toward more, you know, holistic healing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And did your parents have anything to do with your understanding of energetics or how were you raised? Yeah, the... I would say that the moment that uh, that shifted for me was when I was 15 and I was interested in, like I said, I had a picture of Yuri Geller and I was interested in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, I think you're ready for illusions. So this is a book by uh, Richard Bach, who wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. And it's uh, a great law of attraction book just about how what we think is reality is not necessarily reality. And the idea of messiahs being people who understand the, the nature of reality and how it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's a, it's a fun book. It's a, just a great read. And it's, so he gave that to me when I was 15. I really think that that just sort of gradually started me on this path of being interested in the mind. Mm. It's very interesting because I've talked to, uh, you know, several of the guys who were in the movie The Secret are friends of mine. Um, yeah. Bob Doyle, Joe Vitale, Mike Dooley. And they've all said, oh, yeah, Illusions was one of the books that first got me going, too. Wow. Well, I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Definitely worth a read. Yeah, very cool. I remember my, my dad gave me a book on near-death experiences around the same time, and that certainly uh, pushed me forward just because I was like, oh, people are energy beyond these physical bodies. Like how far can we take it? Do, what do you, have you had any experience with speaking with people about near death experiences or has that ever been an interesting point for you to look into? I, I haven't, um, I haven't spoken with anyone about that. When I, uh, when I first trained as hypnotherapist, my first couple of clients were past life regression, uh, sessions, yeah. which was very interesting. Uh, but I, you know, and I, I had no way of following up on the things that they, that they ex- said they experienced. So, you know, whether it's, those were actual past life experiences or just a creative part of them that was more open and, and imagination. Yeah. Couldn't say, you know, in, in terms of hypnosis, that wasn't so important as if they can go through that and get some sort of lesson that helps them in their current life. Yeah. That's, that was what was important there. Right. But there are, yeah, there are all kinds of stories and things that are, you know, beyond what we uh, would think of as normal. And yet there, there's so many of those stories. Totally. What is your perception of this reality that we're living in? Speaking of kind of past life regressions, do you, you, do you see it as kind of like a stack or do you see it as linear or like what is this kind of dimension that we're in? And are, do you think there are other dimensions that are at different energetic frequencies. Yeah, like the the, uh, the multi-universes like they have in the Marvel movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think about that sometimes, uh, you know, in, in, in different moments where we make choices, like I wonder if there are alternate universes where I made a different choice. 
mm-hmm. and that changed everything for me or I got killed in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just very open about it. I don't have yeah. a, uh, I don't have a set belief about, oh yes, we're, uh, we are reincarnated and we, we do this. I, I'm totally open to the possibility of that. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I don't have it as a, yes, well, this is how it is for me. So yeah. I, just, I just, I find it all very interesting and yeah. it's like, Hey, it could be, I don't know that it's not, uh, that it's not true. Yeah. It's fun to get curious about, I guess, just to kind of expand and use your imagination a little bit, but that's true. Well, it's always yeah. looking yeah. at what's possible for us because, you know, as we look at these limitations of, of what we think we can do and what we think is possible for us. And then we look at, you know, so one of the, uh, one of the things in the book illusions is he talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the teacher is telling him, well, think about something. And he imagines a blue feather. Hmm. And then moments later, he, he, they're at a restaurant and he's, uh, he asks for some milk and he gets a milk carton that says blue feather um, dairies. And there's a picture hmm. of a blue feather. They're like, whoa. So one day I was uh, working a temp job I was at, at a law firm and they just had me off and they said, oh, we'll just go. Um, we don't have anything for you right now. So just go sit in this office and you can, um, you know, work on, on these things. So I'm back there and there wasn't much to do. And, and I'm just back there. Well, let's just play a game and do a thought experiment. And I'll, I'll just try to manifest a blue feather. Mm. And uh, so I just thought about it for a bit. And then um, when it was time for my lunch break, I got up to leave the office and um, there was a part of the office that I hadn't seen when I had come in and whoever's office it was, they had all these little toys like you get it um, in Happy Meals at uh, fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a little blue chicken. So a little chicken with blue feathers. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like what are the chances? The so. Coincidence and like deja vu, those kind of experiences really are validating and um, kind of provoking because you're like, what is going on? And then you get excited. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about manifestation? Do you use EFT as kind of like, do you kind of set a goal and say, this is what I want to bring into my life. And then you kind of tap yourself through it and, and use different techniques to get there. Yeah. So I mean, looking at that, that like the blue feather thing as a, as, as a way of manifesting. It's, you know, it's when we put our intention out there and these things can show up. Mm-hmm. And we often have reasons why we don't want them to show up. So the tapping for me is a matter of clearing out the reasons why I wouldn't manifest it. So like we were talking about earlier with, um, with uh, money or weight or things like that about why it wouldn't be safe for me to have it. Mm-hmm. So I can, uh, you know, just as quickly as I'm manifesting, I'm also unmanifesting <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or setting up barriers. So using the tapping as a way of looking at why, why would I not want to manifest this in my life? What would be, uh, what would be dangerous? Why, uh, you know, would it freak me out? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was a little freaky when I saw the uh, the little blue chicken. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a part of us that goes, hey, that's really cool, but I don't want to spend my whole life doing that because that would be, it'd be really shaky. You know, I'd be on shaky ground. I like knowing that things are a certain way. 
um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't bend forks when I pick them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to know that it, I can actually eat with this and it's not going to, so I don't, um, do that on a regular basis. So it's looking at why, what are those places where manifesting something, having this in my life would, would be uncomfortable and then using the tapping to change my mind about that so that it feels okay to have mm-hmm. it. And then things can, uh, can show up more easily. And there are times where I've been very, uh, very consistent about doing that. And then I fall off <laughs> and it's because you know, no matter, even though I've been doing this for a long time, there's a part of it that says, okay, that's, that's enough. You're, you're kind of, you know, moving, expanding the comfort zone too quickly. Let's just, <laughs> let's pull it back now and, and, and ease back into a life that's more comfortable for me. That's more comfortable for the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, because if things shift too much for me, all of a sudden, the people around me might be like, Whoa, what's going on with you? Mm. So that is that a block that you're working through, like fear that others might think you're weird or something too weird is happening to get to the next point? Well, I've definitely done a lot of work on the fear that people think I'm weird because I have over 850 videos of me on the internet tapping on my face. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, you know, but uh, yeah, there's always at, at different levels of what are other people going to think about this? And am I holding myself back because of what others might think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, while I feel like I've cleared a lot of that such that I can be on the internet to put on my face, mm-hmm. I often come up a, a, around things where I'm thinking of, oh, you know what I am? I, I, I did take this certain action because I was concerned what, what people would think. You know, I wore a certain outfit or, you know, whatever it might be, there was someone's like, okay, that was me being more concerned with what other people might think. Yeah. And it's moving from that place of, because a lot of people will say, you need to just not care what other people think. And I, I disagree with that because we, we live in community with people. I want to care. Now, I don't want to worry about what people think. I don't want it to control me mm-hmm. uh, such that, oh, I'm so afraid of what other people think. But to say that I don't care what other people think, then why would I bother doing, you know, positive things? It's like, you know, if, if I, I make these videos and people say, oh, thank you for those videos. I don't care what, that you like them. <laughs> like that, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And it further kind of instills the idea that we're all connected and that we are all feeding off of each other and yeah. in those ways, bad or positive. Yeah. Um, and, and on the same note, like, how do we know who we really are if we are kind of, you know, I'm wearing this dress because I, you know, it's kind of a product of society and, and you know, I'm in this space because it's a cool place to be. And like, how do we get down to the essence of who we really are by stripping away those layers of, of other people's thoughts of us? Yeah, I, so uh, I often talk about what I call the Michelangelo process because Michelangelo says that the, um, you know, said that the statues were already there inside the marble and all he had to do was chip away what didn't belong to reveal the masterpiece. And you see, I've got pictures of David. Mm-hmm. Um, I, David's all over my office. Uh, so, because cool. yeah. it, to me, it's the perfect metaphor for this because to me, inside each of us is that masterpiece and all of these beliefs that have been formed over the years about uh, you know, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? What, what do I like? 
what do other people like and what should I like so that other people like me mm-hmm. uh, and what I should be afraid of and what I should feel guilty about and all those things it all becomes this marble that hides the masterpiece. So I just find that as we uh, keep tapping and clearing these fears, we naturally find, well, this is, this is what's right for me. This is what uh, feels like the real me. Mm-hmm. And we get in touch with that and we're okay with that. And we're okay if people aren't okay with it. So I can sit there and I can read comments on YouTube or Facebook saying, you look like an idiot, tap on your face. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it sounds like that comes from more of a place of kind of objective observation, like knowing yourself too, but also being like, okay, these are just perceptions. They don't necessarily have to be who I am and taking that on. And I don't have to feel bad about them. This thing is we have these beliefs about what we should feel bad about. Mm. If someone says you look like an idiot, you should feel bad. Well, that's, that's a dumb rule. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be somebody out there who's uh, in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And they're, they're not bad people. They're just in a bad mood. And they're upset about something. And they're speaking from their fear. And if I have to, be, if I have to feel bad about that, then I'm, I'm in bad trouble because <laughs> I'm always going to have to feel bad because there's always going to be somebody with something negative to say. Totally. Um, and I want to circle back to, to your um, thoughts about money and financial restrictions that we put on ourselves sometimes. And, and what are some common blocks that people are facing with finances? What do you usually see that people are, you know, what belief systems are keeping us from financial abundance? Well, a lot of it are the negative beliefs about wealth and people who have it. Mm. You know, we, so many of us are taught, well, if they're rich, that it means they're greedy and it means they're hurting other people. So, you know, if you're a good noble person, you're poor mm. or, or certainly you don't have too much. You, you keep it small, uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me in terms of we can go out because a to me, everything's energy. So abundance is abundance. Whether we're talking about money or beauty in nature, you, know, you can go out to the beach and you could be standing next to Richard Branson or Bill Gates and you get the same view of the ocean. So as far as the universe is concerned, you're just as deserving of that. But then we get these ideas about money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you, if you really love God, then you'll be poor or something like that as though God, creator, however you want to perceive it, would say, yes, I have all these wonderful things, but I only want the bad people to have them. I want people who love me to deprive themselves and, and not take advantage of, of all this abundance. Mm-hmm. Hey, but we, you know, and as we think about it that way, it's like, okay, that starts to make sense. But we, again, when we try to change that belief, because we've, heard this you know many of us have heard this over and over and over again that uh it's wrong to have money so when we try to challenge that we have that stress response in our head that says don't go there Mm -hmm. and so then we sabotage ourselves by you know if we have a a meeting with somebody who could improve our finances oh we we forget to go or we're we're late or something we don't make that phone call Mm -hmm. we find different ways to mess up our finances. We, we don't ask for the raise. We don't go for the better job. We don't get the education that could lead to a better job. Yeah. Because we're brilliantly protecting ourselves from this wealth 
mm-hmm. that we think would be bad for us. Yeah. Yep. I'm finally like learning now in my twenties to negotiate and how it's acceptable to negotiate and ask for what you believe you deserve. And it's just amazing watching it unfold really quickly because I just started working for myself. So I, I set rates at a, a certain rate in the beginning and now I'm six months in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're asking for three times that amount. So it's like watching my, my self-worth grow. And I realize that I'm directly correlating with, you know, how much I'm getting paid with what my value is at intrinsically. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And, and, and talking to other people about it too, being like, Hey, you know, you can ask for more than that. Even just doing your research or, you know, have the discussion. They're like, Oh no, I couldn't possibly like they, they, they're a good business. They, they can't afford to pay me this much. And I'm like, yes, they can. <laughs> but it's really interesting too, to hear people exactly mirror what you're talking about. Do you think that like, kind of shifting into another subject too is do you think we're kind of evolving as a species as we become more self-aware like what do you see our future looking like um you know in a hundred years what are we going to be capable of yeah it's when you look at how many advances we've made uh in in a short amount of time it's it's staggering to think about what's possible there are there's also a lot of fear out there blocking progress mm-hmm. and uh again not because people are bad or stupid they're just fearful and they have beliefs and uh, about what's right and what's safe and what's okay and how that uh how that might get in the way you know if we have if if we get rid of fossil fuels then the oil companies will go out of business so mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be some resistance to evolving in terms of that mm-hmm. now we are kind of getting to the point where we don't have a choice <laughs> if we want if we want the planet to be around 100 years from now right but so there is a there is definitely that expansion there's also a lot of resistance there mm-hmm. and you know this is why i do what i do is i'm i'm hoping to reach as many people as possible to clear the resistance to uh expanding i once described myself as an evolution catalyst Mm. So, creating cool. that, that opening for us to evolve personally and yeah. then we also evolve as a race as as each of us is personally evolving so what do we need to do on you know a communal level to start making these changes because something i'm getting stuck with is like okay you know i can recycle this much but is it really going to make a difference am i really going to make a difference and i know that that is what is holding the whole planet back is those us as individuals thinking that. Right. Stopping ourselves. And then also the, the person who throws the piece of trash on the ground going, it's just one little piece of trash. Yeah. So is that really going to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cause every, if enough people do it, then we're wading through trash. Yep. So we, we want to break out of that, uh, that mindset. It's like this, you know, the story of the guy who's walking along the beach and there's all the starfish that have washed up on the shore He's throwing them one by one into the ocean. Someone comes up and says, there's, there's millions of starfish up on the beach. How can you possibly make a difference? Guy picks up another one, throws it and says, made a difference to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's a very good way to put it. Exactly. You know, so yeah. I, you know, I, I put the videos out there. If, if only one person sees a particular video and it makes a difference, it's worth it. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, allowing I, ourselves to, feel that it's worth it, even if it's just a small measure. Even if we just 
even if we just clean up our own fr- front porch, mm-hmm. uh, we might inspire someone else to do it. Definitely. And, and, and whatever the little incremental um, improvements are, it, it's worth it. So we want to get past that idea of why bother. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, so I would love to do a session with you if you're open to it. I was we, hoping. Awesome. Can <laughs> like, we, come can, on, Alan, what are we going to tap? <laughs> can we tap? Um, what, I mean, can, would you like to decide the theme? We can do anything. Uh, you know, I, I don't specialize in any particular area because I love tapping on, on whatever is holding folks back. Yeah. So, well, let's, let's just do that. So, so I invite folks to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath in and hold it. And let it go. Now just following your breath through your body. Just allow yourself to be aware of what's going on inside. Noticing how you're feeling physically. And how you're feeling emotionally. And as you're being aware of what's going on inside, think about what you'd like to create in your life. What, what difference you a difference you'd like to make in your life, whether it's improving your finances, improving your health, improving your relationships, improving the world. And as you improve yourself, you naturally improve the world. But what are some of the things that you could be doing in order to move you in the right direction? And just allow yourself to be aware of what what you feel as you think about those things, what stops you from taking those actions? What beliefs might come up about why you couldn't or shouldn't take that action? What fears might come up about the possible consequences? What would be the negative consequences of improving your finances, improving your health, taking these actions? Just allow yourself to be aware of what thoughts, beliefs, or memories might be coming up around that. And take another deep breath and open your eyes. And so just, uh, I'll just go through the, the points and folks just follow along. And Helen, if you'll uh, repeat back the words mm-hmm. and everyone else just uh, repeat what I say along with Helen. So gently tap it on the side of your hand right there. Even though I'm holding myself back. Even though I'm holding myself back. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Even though I'm holding myself back. Even though I'm holding myself back. I choose to love and honor myself anyway. I choose to love and honor myself anyway. Even though I'm holding myself back. Even though I'm holding myself back. In a number of areas of my life. In a number of areas in my life. Because if I really look at it, because if I really look at it, things could be different. Things could be different. Things could be better. Things could be better. And maybe I'm the one in the way. And maybe I'm the one in the way. And even though I'm holding myself back. And even though I'm holding myself back. I choose to deeply and completely. I choose to deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. And maybe anyone else who has contributed to my beliefs. And anyone else who has contributed to my beliefs. They were doing the best they could. They were doing the best they could. Okay, right here at the beginning of your eyebrow. Just gently tap in there. All these ways that I hold myself back. All these ways that I hold myself back. And just 
fall out to the uh, side of your eye. All these ways that I hold myself back. All these ways that I hold myself back. And right under the middle of your eye. There are things that could be better. There are things that could be better. Right under the nose. But I stop myself. But I stop myself. Right under the mouth. Not because I'm bad or stupid. Not because I'm bad or stupid. And then right where your collarbones just about come together. You can use your fingers or make a fist there. I have certain beliefs. I have certain beliefs. And right here, about four inches below your armpit. Beliefs about why things couldn't be better. Beliefs about why things couldn't be better. I'm just tapping around the top of your head. Beliefs about why things shouldn't be better. Beliefs about why things shouldn't be better. Or why they couldn't be better for me. Or why they couldn't be better for me. Maybe I doubt that I deserve better. Maybe I doubt that I deserve better. And I choose to clear up that nonsense. I choose to clear up that nonsense. Because I, I could go to the beach with Richard Branson. Because I could go to the beach with Richard Branson. And I'd see just as much of the ocean as he does. And I'd see just as much of the ocean as he does. So that's the universe telling me. So that's the universe telling me. I'm just as deserving as anybody else. I'm just as deserving as anybody else. But I stop myself. But I stop myself. I cover my eyes so I can't see the ocean. I cover my eyes so I can't see the ocean. Or I just don't, out, or I just don't go to the beach. <laughs> or I just don't go to the beach. I stop myself from experiencing abundance. I stop myself from experiencing abundance. I stop myself from experiencing better health. I stop myself from experiencing better health. And again, not because I'm bad or stupid. And again, not because I'm bad or stupid. But because part of me says. But because part of me says. There would be negative consequences. There would be negative consequences. I'd have to give up so much. I'd have to give up so much. It would be so hard. It would be so hard. I have all these complaints. I have all these complaints. All these objections. All these objections. I need to overcome my objections. I need to overcome my objections. So I can experience in greater abundance. So I can experience in greater abundance. There's so much good out there for me. There's so much good out there for me. And I'm stopping myself from experiencing some of it. And I'm stopping myself from experiencing some of it. Because of all this fear. Because of all this fear. Of all the consequences. Of all the consequences. And I'm allowing myself to know. And I'm allowing myself to know. I can handle those consequences. I can handle those consequences. I could handle being healthier. I can handle being healthier. I could handle being wealthier. I could handle being wealthier. I've handled everything life has thrown at me. I've handled everything life has thrown at me. Maybe not always as gracefully as I would have liked. Maybe not always as gracefully as I would have liked. But I'm still here. But I'm still here. Which means I've handled it. Which means I've handled it. I choose to have greater faith in myself. I choose to have greater faith in myself. So I'm clearing all these reasons. So I'm clearing all of these reasons. Why things couldn't or shouldn't be better for me. Why things couldn't or shouldn't be better for me. Clearing all these reasons. Clearing out all these reasons. Why I stop myself from moving forward. Why I stop myself from moving forward. I am setting myself free. I'm setting myself free. To let things get better and better. To let things get better and better. In body, mind, and spirit. In body, mind, and spirit. And take a deep breath. 
And you can go ahead and close your eyes for a moment and just feel what's going on inside. And maybe think about those changes that you want in your life and uh, those things that you can do to make those changes. And hopefully those feel more doable, more comfortable. And also when we're tapping, it's often like peeling layers of the onions. So you may become more aware during that tapping of beliefs that you might have, things that might've happened in the past that could get in the way. And you can do more specific tapping to clear those up. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Sometimes I watch your videos and it's very emotional. Like I get emotional or I start crying or just like, it's just like a very physical release of it too. But that brought up a lot of things I hadn't even realized that were in my system that needed to come up and get released. Thank You've been brilliantly stopping yourself from knowing. You know, it's, we, we say, why don't I know these things? Well, because it doesn't feel safe to know them. Part of our mind says, well, if you knew what this was, then you'd create change. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. But as we're tapping, we calm down the stress response so that we have greater access to those things that are getting in our way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so important. So, Brad, where can people find you? Are you, um, are you traveling? Are you going to London soon? I am traveling a lot. I, uh, I'll be in Los Angeles in uh, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Then the following week, I travel to Russia for my first time. Nice. We're doing workshops in Moscow, St. Petersburg, then jumping back over to London, where I go every two years, uh, mm-hmm. London, Edinburgh, and Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the week after Dublin, I'll be in Toronto. Got a two-day mm-hmm. workshop in Toronto coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be here in Sacramento doing a workshop later this year. So Nice. And you've got a huge YouTube following. Um, is it Tap with Brad on YouTube? Yes, tap with Brad and, and tapwithbrad.com. You can find links to all of the different uh, resources in my YouTube channel and all that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. You can follow Brad at tapwithbrad on Instagram, and he's on YouTube under Brad Yates. And you can also go to tapwithbrad.com to learn more about him. Um, I absolutely recommend that you guys do his sessions like as much as you can. It really helps to make you feel better and just remember your worth and really step into that place again. And you can follow me at Helen Denham underscore on Instagram and www.helendenham.com will lead you to the blog, music, all of that good stuff. And you can also subscribe to my self-care Sunday newsletter that I send out every week. Um, if you'd like to as well. And I'll leave links for all of that below in the show notes. So thank you so much again for listening. And if you benefited from this information, please do forward it on to a friend or give it a five-star rating on iTunes. I'd be so grateful. All right, guys, have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.